Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another DMN 101 podcast. My name is Perry. I'm here with Michael Tiffany of White Ops. Hello. Michael, nice to meet you, man. Nice to be here. Um, so, I know you guys are pretty big on ad fraud, right? So, um, it's, not, it's not something I'm like overly familiar with. We've you know, done a couple pieces about it, and obviously you get into it with the um, you know, things like the IAB and all that stuff. So, um, I just want you to tell me a little bit about your world and some of what you guys do. All right. Well, uh, White Ops is, is a hacker company. I, I employ a big white hat hacker team. Oh. And the mission of the company is to disrupt the profit centers of cybercrime. Uh, I, I didn't anticipate that we would be operating in the advertising world, but what we found is that one of the absolute best ways to make money with, with a botnet, a large number of computers that you've compromised, is to do ad fraud. It's, it's the biggest monetization engine of botnets worldwide. Right. So that is what drove us into this market and, and the dark underbelly of, of buying audiences to goose your ad revenue. That's terrifying. See, I thought that the botnet thing was more about, um, or not more about, but I figured they would be more interested in using, you know, like DDoSing and stuff like that. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and that is is what my colleagues and I were initially focused on. Mm-hmm. But there's been a, a great open question in cybersecurity circles for some time, which is how do these numbers add up? Let's say that you compromise a million computers. There's only so many things you can do for money with all those machines. You can you can launch DDoS attacks, and, and some people will pay you for that. Mm-hmm. You can steal the identities and, and say the credit card information of the people that you've compromised. But the black market for stolen identities is now, uh, it's not that great. The, the prices are pretty low because it just turns out that stealing identities is not that hard. Yeah. Um, there's, there's ransomware, which is on the rise. But when you add up all of the profits from all of those different crimes, it doesn't seem to add up to the cost of buying on the black market new ways of breaking into computers. This is something we call exploit kits. And really talented exploit kit authors can make 300 grand a pop with some new way of breaking into a machine. And when you look at those economics and then you look at like the take from selling DDoS as a service, the two just don't add up. So this was an open mystery that that our team ultimately blew the lid off of. The the great explainer, the the gap filler, the thing that makes that all those economics work is ad fraud. When you've when you've compromised a million computers, what you can do is you can order them to visit websites or even order them to install a new mobile app and and everyone wants a bigger audience. Mm-hmm. So if the product that you have to sell is more uniques a day, there's a lot of people who will buy that. And so that makes more money than all those other cyber crimes combined. That's true. So before we get into that, because I want to come back to that, just to back up a little bit, I realize that I'm actually familiar with what white op, or excuse me, white hat versus black hat and things like that. Mm-hmm. But you know, not everybody necessarily is. And mm-hmm. so, can you just break that down for me? Because uh, I think that's probably a, a big part of your guys' value proposition, right? That's right. That's right. Uh, one of my co-founders put it best. Dan Kaminsky said, 
when you're in a war, you need to send your soldiers to fight the other side's soldiers. You can't send your bakers. <laughs> and in in this domain, we're dealing with with black hat hackers. The, this is the term we use for you know the cyber criminals that are out to to harm or to steal. Right. And and on the other side, on the side of goodness and light like us, there are the white hat hackers. So same knowledge, same skills, different motivation. Right. right? So we're we're out to protect people. And and broadly I think that the the good guys are losing. And when you look at how difficult it is to break into a computer today and you compare that to how difficult it was 20 years ago 20 years of cyber defenses have not made it substantially harder hmm. so we think that we need to rethink defense in a really fundamental way so the the founding idea of white ops was instead of trying to make computers or networks harder to break into let's Focus on the profit centers. Let's make it less profitable to break into them. Let's make people less attractive victims and and disrupt the incentive model. Hmm. Interesting. And um, I find that that's that's kind of my mentality with some of my um, like my PlayStation, for instance. Right. Mm-hmm. I go on the PlayStation website and I'm like, oh, this site is literally as like probably badass as cinema pop-ups and stuff. But I'm like, I doubt there's really like a lot of damage that's coming from the code on these pages because they're not coded for you know this infrastructure. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I could be totally wrong on that, but it's just a thought that, I, that occurs to me personally. You know, so. Yeah, the, the your principle is absolutely right. Um, what what you find is that the best black hats are going after the biggest paydays. Right. And it was frankly a surprise to us when we started to learn that that's an ad for it. Um, uh, the, the fact is the reason why ad fraud pays so well is because it's a crime that scales. If, if you can compromise a large number of computers, Maybe you can sneak some ransomware on their computer. Maybe you can steal some money out of their bank account. But the fact is that most people don't have enough money in the bank to really be worth robbing. So you have to infect a huge number of machines in order to find the good victims. But any machine you pop, anything that's connected to the internet, is a targetable consumer as far as the ad ecosystem is concerned. Mm-hmm. So if you can turn every machine that you can compromise into something that you can create new web visits out of, there's someone who wants to buy that product because everyone wants a bigger audience. Mm-hmm. So month over month, that's a product that you can sell better than any other form of crime that you can do with a botnet. And so that's attract- attracted the smartest, most sophisticated black hats, and they'll dedicate more time and resources into succeeding at ad fraud than anything else, because since the payouts are so great, it's worth your time to invest, you know, lots of of time and even your own resources in making sure that you're going to succeed. Yes, it's a frightening uh, prospect because, um, <clears throat> especially when you consider things like 
there's all there's kind of always a scrutiny against you know uh, programmatic, especially these days, right? Because of because of that for us, a big deal. And um, and, then, and then you get the social media companies. Uh, we talked about this on our website before, like uh, Facebook and these other the misreporting metrics. So it's like as a excuse me, as a marketer, you kind of aren't sure who's exactly credible in a digital space but you gotta play mm-hmm. so like what, what's your answer to something like to that conundrum do you have one you know, you know I've actually faced it myself in a different way right. so we've built this powerful tool to help differentiate between real people and fake people on the internet and everyone will say to my face oh well Michael Tiffany I really care about that fraud in fact quality is, is our top concern <laughs> whether or not they're lying. Um, so everyone will say the same thing, only some will mean it and some won't. So, so I've had to learn to look at people's actions in, instead of their, their words. Now, um, the, the tool that we've built is, is being used by a bunch of advertisers, of course, in order to, to make sure that they get what they pay for. But... Uh, maybe more importantly, we're seeing it embraced by the great sellers in this ecosystem too. Because consider this: all the fraud that's out in the ecosystem, it's harming advertisers, of course, because it's their money that's getting lit on fire. But it's also harming all the great content developers and app developers because they're in competition with fake. And all this fake inventory, it drives prices down. It makes it look like there's more human attention on the internet to buy than there really is. Mm-hmm. So if you've gone to all the hard work of developing a real audience, and you're in price competition with people with a fake audience, it's just hurting your bottom line. So we do have, I would say, some, some allies in this fight. And what I have to do to sort out the good from the bad, as I said, is not pay attention to the lip service, it's actually to, to pay attention to to the actions. And there, there are some that want to live in a world in which there's no fraud. Uh, why? Because in that world, they'll make more money. You know? Um, this is a multi-billion dollar problem, which means if we succeed, if we erase all the fraud on the internet, that's billions of dollars in spending that today is going to bullshit, that in a fraud-free future will go to the the great platforms that have real human engagement. So if you want to live in that world, then you want to be a part of this fight. Yeah. And you mentioned that that this fight is, is, uh, the good side is losing currently. So, um... But what I guess that kind of gets to the the, the bigger question. Is, is 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 it doable? Can you really... Gets to the point where <clears throat> you know there are, there's no ad fraud. Like, is that is that even feasible? It is achievable because fundamentally this is an arms race, and arm ra- arms races are fought economically. the The key to winning is to not make it theoretically impossible to do fraud. It's to make it less attractive. So what we're working to do is to lower the profits that you can win by doing fraud and to raise the costs. And at a certain point, it costs more than the profits you're going to make. And so then I don't think that we're going to necessarily drive anyone out of crime, but (laughs) but at least they'll pivot to something else, you know, Mm -hmm. And, 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 and that'll be a good first stop. 
um, on on a much longer journey, I think, to to making the internet safer everywhere. So that's what we're focused on right now, and and I do think that that's achievable. It's just that it's not achievable without disrupting the status quo. You know, the the people who are making the most money on the status quo are the ones who, by definition, have the most money to defend the status quo. So they're not necessarily happy that some group of white hat hackers has come out of nowhere mm-hmm. and and wants to shift several billion dollars worth of spending. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> so it's actually been fun and fascinating to see the reverberations of of our work to see who embraces it and um, and who's scared stiff. That's interesting. Anybody would be scared about this prospect. I mean, it sounds like it would be win win for everybody. You know. Well, the you know, first of all, you know, sometimes change itself is scary, but I've also noticed this, which is that anyone who makes money on just volume, pure undifferentiated volume and reach, those are the ones who perhaps have the most to lose. Mm -hmm. Because fraud is wonderful for making it look like there's way more volume and reach to be had than there truly is. And so, so the players that have a value prop that puts you know, cheapness and reach front and center um, might see that value proper road if if we start erasing all the bogus inventory out there, right? So um, so so those guys are left flat footed. Um, meanwhile, um, those that have have a more I would say differentiated product that that are that are selling um, higher priced engagement. Um, who are who are great at uh, you know, developing long term engagement with with real audiences? Those are the ones that are embracing us. Yeah, it was a big thing at um, <clears throat> at Gabcon. I was there last uh, last week or two weeks ago, and uh, one of the panels they were discussing uh, high fidelity data, uh, metrics, things like that, data. And um, you know, one of the recurring themes was just that, like you know, reach and impressions, like that type of metric is. Losing a lot of value, in large part because of you know all the fraud out there. Right. But because like at the end of the day, it doesn't really you know equate to you know like you said a long term you know engagement things like that. That's right. Yes. Exactly. All right. So, um, <clears throat> Michael, that's very fascinating stuff. What you guys are doing. This whole topic is just terrifying and, <laughs> and 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 really cool at the same time. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, in, in the future with this whole ad fraud thing. I had no idea it was you know so profitable. I knew it was profitable, but I, mm-hmm. I, I thought that they were doing you know more I guess uh, lascivious things with their <laughs> time. But um, it was great meeting you, buddy. My pleasure. Thanks for having me so much. All right.